Support for WRFA is brought to you by Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union. As a local community resource, Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union is committed to providing its members with the professional financial services they have come to expect. Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union provides credit union membership to people who live, work, worship, attend school, do business, and any other entities within Chautauqua County. For more information, including how to become a member, call or text 716-665-7000 or visit them on the web at 665-7000.com. Well, this week... um want to lead with just a, a, a statement um, regarding the China threat. Uh, as uh, we have talked over the last few weeks uh, about the situation in Russia, Ukraine, and indirectly referenced uh, China in those conversations, uh, this week's call I wanted to uh, highlight my concern uh, about the China threat uh, that exists in the new world order uh, that they're trying to emerge um, in, in leading uh, as we go forward. Um, as you may recall, in February of 2022 this year, uh, China and Russia issued a 5,000-word uh, statement uh, jointly, which to me clearly articulated in writing uh, their mission together uh, to reestablish the world order and for China's position, as they have said, uh, put America in checkmate uh, in regards to the issues that we face with supply chain, uh, with issues we face with economic uh, issues, uh, currency issues, uh, military issues, and uh, the other matters. And as I read that uh, report in, or that statement in February, I've continued to dig uh, into this issue deeper and deeper. And I will tell you, it's very concerning uh, what I see uh, happen uh, in particular over the last five years, but in particular the last six months. Uh, China is using its position uh, under the guise of COVID, in my opinion, uh, to further strangle the supply chain uh, lines coming into America. I will point to my concern that Shanghai, uh, when you see the chain link fences around housing uh, facilities, etc., cetera, uh, where they try to say this is being done to mitigate uh, COVID exposures, uh, may actually be uh, being done, in my opinion, uh, to limit the labor supply in Shanghai, uh, which is the largest source of shipping uh, in regards to, or one of the largest sources of shipping uh, in the world of supplies coming out of China. Uh, By hampering uh, the distribution uh, uh, in the shipping arena uh, directly, uh, by removing that labor supply, uh, what I see is another storm on the horizon uh, developing uh, where China is strangling that supply chain, which will lead to further inflationary pressures further shortages in critical essential supplies uh, that we become reliant upon China uh, for in our operations from day-to-day activities such as uh, farming, such as energy, such as other economic uh, industries, uh, including um, uh, technologically important uh, items uh, dealing with communications and ultimately uh, into our military supply chains. Uh, that now are potentially threatened uh, as a result of the strangulation of the supply chain uh, coming out of uh, China. Um, On top of that, uh, as we see the Russian-Ukraine war, and we talked about last week, uh, put inflationary uh, pressure on energy and food uh, shortages 
uh, in regards to the EU, uh, we're seeing China uh, adopt aggressive policies uh, that uh, are showing their flexing of their muscle uh, when it comes to things like uh, the agreement in the Solomon Islands here just recently, uh, where they've uh, entered into a security agreement uh, with the Solomon Islands. And uh, it reminds me of the activity in the South China Sea with the creation of artificial islands where China said uh, they would not militarize uh, those artificial islands, but yet now they're militarized. Uh, I see this agreement with the Solomon uh, Islands as a potential risk uh, where they say they will not militarize the Solomon Islands, but given China's track record, uh, very concerned uh, that that, not, that may not be true uh, in regards to their uh, intentions in the Solomon Islands. And as we go further into uh, this year, um, what I see on the horizon is China's control uh, of our potential supply chains uh, that will directly impact further inflationary pressure, uh, which will cause uh, a supply-side driven inflationary uh, outcome. And then on top of that, uh, you'll have a demand uh, problem uh, where folks just will not be able to get uh, those items they need to live. And uh, that in America should caution all of us, should awaken all of us to the China threat, and that by putting all of our eggs in one basket, um, uh, we are potentially exposed ourselves uh, to a significant threat uh, that China represents to the security uh, long-term of America. So I wanted to go on record as being a loud voice uh, to raise the alarm bells of uh, what is going on uh, in regards to China's repositioning in the world. They're clearly open-sourced stated intentions in partnership with Russia uh, to move aggressively in that direction. And uh, just to say, it is time for us to embrace our allies. Uh, I had a meeting uh, with some Germany uh, representatives this morning and uh, multiple times since our last visit to Europe uh, uh, last week. And uh, they share, in my humble opinion, the concern uh, that we need to embrace Western democracies, that we need to stand together uh, create redundancy uh, in our supply chains and uh, do whatever it takes uh, to make sure that we are not dependent on China uh, long term uh, in regards to these critical assets such as food and energy. Um, that being said, obviously this is years in the making. It's going to take years to overcome. And my hope is that one of the solutions to this problem uh, would be to bring further democracy to China, uh, to uh, the people of China, and to send a message uh, that uh, the authoritarian way of governing uh, is not the future, and further em embracement of freedom, uh, democracy, uh, is something that the Chinese people uh, hopefully uh, will become exposed to and demand of their leadership. And when you embrace that philosophy, you know, what comes with that is world order, rule of law, and following uh, the rules of trade in particular uh, so that we can compete on a fair and level playing field between uh, the two countries as opposed to what China has done to strategically put them in a position uh, to assert this new world order. And um, I will continue to watch this uh, issue, work with allies uh, that embrace uh, our values and to send a message to China. 
that we are now aware of exactly what you're up to and that we are not uh, just going to accept uh, that this transition of power is going to occur uh, with my, without many of us uniting in America to say the better path forward is embracing Western democracies and not turning to the despots of Russia and China uh, in regards to their non-democratic uh, belief structure. Uh, so wanted to open it up uh, to questions at this point in time, but um, just uh, very concerned about the Chinese threat uh, that is part of this growing storm on the horizon, which we started the conversation with last week. Okay, we'll start with Jerry from the Buffalo News. Hey, Tom, how you doing? Doing well, Jerry. Good, good. Talking about China, um, there are competing versions of a competitiveness bill in the House and Senate, and it's been dragging on a long time without a resolution or a conference or, you know, legislation that could actually pass. I wanted to see if you knew anything about the, the, the state of play with that legislation and how important you think that legislation is. Yeah. Uh, so very well aware of that, uh, working with the Problem Solvers Caucus and our Common Sense Coalition members. Uh, just uh, recently talked to a couple of the senators involved with that uh, over the last 10 days. Um, and I will tell you, we all share uh, the sentiment uh, that we need to do this sooner rather than later, and that uh, the, the House and Senate uh, can reconcile this uh, bill rather quickly uh, once leadership, uh, i.e. the Speaker's office, uh, indicates its willingness and desire to get this resolved. Um, the issues that are outstanding, in my opinion, are not significant, uh, and we are in broad agreement uh, in order to get this bill signed uh, and done sooner rather than later. Um, what particularly is the holdup? Is there, uh, is there an issue holdup or what? Uh, fundamentally, I think it's a, uh, a battle between uh, the House and Senate, i.e., uh, the two chambers just historically uh, want to exert that they have jurisdiction over this issue. Um, that is what I picked up on as the primary uh, um, reason why we're at this impasse uh, is because uh, the Senate, you know, overwhelmingly passed this and the House wants to say it has some influence uh, over this legislation. And substantively speaking, I don't see significant differences in, in the House and uh, Senate bills other than uh, one chamber wanting to say that it still um, has authority over the final legislation. And so that ego needs to be set aside and do what is right for the country. When you have pushing 70 senators, I think it was 67, don't quote me on that, Jerry, senators in the, in the Senate uh, passing this legislation, uh, that's broad, that represents broad bipartisan consensus uh, that we should be able to move on in the House. But Obviously, the House has a different um, uh, opinion that it should be more involved in this uh, negotiation than maybe otherwise has been occurring to, to, to date. Okay, great. Thank you. Okay, next we'll go to Rick Miller, Only in Times. Uh, good morning, Congressman. How are you today? Doing well. How are you? Good. Say, uh, do... Do American companies need some kind of incentive to uh, bring back some of these supply chains to uh, to this country, manufacturing? So I think, um, you know, obviously we would be supportive uh, of that type of uh, tax uh, policy, uh, but I believe the com companies are in a position financially to see the benefits 
of doing this. Uh, I've talked with many uh, um, CEOs that were trained under the just-in-time uh, business mo inventory model uh, that was taught at the Harvard Business School uh, back after the Japanese uh, auto uh, renaissance, and uh, many of them are indicating uh, that that uh, type of lean manufacturing makes sense uh, to follow in principle, but also to make sure that the investments are done uh, for redundancy and that that needs to be something that uh, uh, occurs. So I think financially, uh, the American companies are in a position uh, to take this move. I think they're in a position to recognize it in regards to having redundancy and supply chains uh, that they can rely upon the reliable, not the unreliable. And uh, and uh, so I hopefully it's not too late. Um, as China has declared they have America in checkmate, I believe uh, that they may have us in check, but that there are some moves still available on the board if we awaken. It does what's right, as it historically has always done, and it's a crisis such as what is brewing on the on the horizon. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, next we'll go to Julia WRFA. Mute off. Good morning, Congressman. Good morning. Okay. Going back to um, the topic that uh, Jerry was referring to, I'm not as familiar, I apologize, with this. Uh, the bills moving through the Senate and the House. Could you explain what the bill that the House is working on about China, what is involved with that, what it would do? Yeah, so it, um, it primarily it positions us in regards to the chips um, um, uh, processors um, and provides incentive uh, to encourage uh, the onshoring uh, of those specific items in particular. Um, you know, we are very reliant upon um, China and Taiwan, for example. If China does uh, take an active role in going into uh, Taiwan, it would have a disruptive effect on our supply chains when it comes to those processor chips and um, other technology that we rely on for our day-to-day -day lives. And so what that bill essentially does in the Senate and with the House uh, with some little and little to none difference substantively in my opinion prioritizes uh, that investment uh, in those key technological uh, industries such as the processors uh, that we're all familiar with and uh, and really puts us in a position uh, to compete uh, with this uh, supply chain threat uh, that has has come to light uh, in the last uh, couple of years especially post covid Okay. And so in theory, so it also that would answer, I guess, Rick's question too, that if that was passed, then that would give more incentive to businesses to bring business back to the U.S. Correct. Uh, one of the key goals of that uh, uh, legislation is to provide uh, not only the um, policy preference and uh, to uh, bring these key uh, industries back under American control and American sources um, domestically, uh, but also provide some incentive uh, to encourage that to occur. Um, and it, it sends a message uh, that we recognize the threat uh, that now we are positioned in uh, when it comes to dependency for supply chain on China. Okay. Thank you very much. You have been muted. To unmute okay, next we'll go from Greg from the Observer and Post. <laughs> Hi, Congressman. Hey, Greg. Uh, just changing topics here real quick. Uh, tonight, the Chautauqua County Legislature is uh, looking at uh, um, capping the gas tax. Um, I know the state has done something similar. 
and want to know your thoughts if you see uh, the federal government should be doing that. Um, they are looking at uh, keeping the gas tax as if it was gas is $3 a gallon. Yep. I'm um, uh, familiar with the activity. I stood there with George Borello here recently uh, where we discussed that at a town hall, and uh, he indicated um, uh, they were going to take a look at it. So I'm glad to see uh, the county is listening uh, to people in regards to the pressure they're uh, undergoing at the, the gas pump with the ever-escalating prices. Um, you know, we've had at the national level discussion on the 18 uh, cents per gallon gas tax uh, that is there now that goes into our highway fund uh, of our infrastructure investments. Um, the only concern I have, and I'm open uh, to temporarily um, suspending that uh, to get through this uh, uh, energy uh, crisis, especially the gasoline pumps, um, but we're talking uh, that's not going to be a long-term fix, nor is it going to move the needle tremendously uh, in regards to what people see uh, in regards to uh, uh, the price at the pump. Um, and so what we need to do, in my humble opinion, uh, is to lead and lean in on developing America's oil and uh, natural gas uh, resources uh, to send a signal to the market uh, that we are going to be a player and a price maker uh, in regards to uh, the price of oil, which then will significantly uh, reduce the, the per-gallon cost at the pump. That's why we had a uh, gallon uh, of gas prices four years ago, five years ago, um, when President Trump was in office, when he sent the signal that we were going to develop America's oil and natural gas, you saw gas, you know, $2, even under $2 in the 23rd Congressional District. That's the kind of policy we need to promote in order to uh, get this gas uh, price crisis under control. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, next we'll go to Dave, WDOE. Uh, good morning, Tom. How are you? Doing well, Dave. How are you today? I'm, d I'm doing well. Want to get your thoughts, kind of changing the topic again, uh, your thoughts on this prisoner swap for former Marine Trevor Reed, what, what your thoughts are on this? Well, first, I'm glad to see Trevor Reed uh, coming home. Um, I, I'm glad to see whenever an American citizen such as that um, uh, is returned to his family. And so we join in the celebration uh, of that reunion. Um, Obviously, when you're doing prisoner swaps, that comes at a cost and uh, concern uh, that the uh, swap um, hopefully is, is deemed reasonable uh, as we get further and further details uh, into it. But uh, the overall headline that I'm aware of, uh, I agree with uh, Trevor Reed coming home and celebrating his return to America. Okay, Tom. Thank you. Okay, we have time for one more, and we'll go to... Terry Frank, Media One Radio Group. Yes, good morning, Tom. Hey, good morning, Terry. It was good to see you at the uh, event in Cayentone last week. Yeah, that was um, nice. I was glad to see you there, too. Um, I see that uh, there's been a new front opened up in this war in Ukraine with uh, gas shutoffs to two of the European nations that uh, have been backing Kiev, and uh, that's Poland... I'm not sure which... Bulgaria. Poland, Bulgaria, that's right. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts about that, and 
Europe holding strong against Russia and its attempt to what they're calling blackmail. Yeah, this is exactly the problem we talked about, and uh, this is going to add to the storm on the horizon uh, because we see that coming. You know, glad to hear reports out of Germany even this morning when I met with um, their industry representatives uh, that they have committed uh, full speed ahead in regards to pipeline construction uh, that now will run north-south, not east-west, um, and that their elected or their leadership uh, in uh, public office uh, has issued that edict uh, to get that done sooner rather than later, uh, going as uh, potentially as far as to indemnify uh, the pipeline con- contractors. Uh, in regards to any damages that they would sustain in order to fulfill that mission. So that being said, uh, that's a good uh, sign. But uh, we are looking at a very difficult uh, situation uh, because Putin controls the valve on that gas pipeline. Um, The gas pipelines that are servicing Europe essentially run through Belarus and Ukraine. And uh, uh, all Putin has to do is turn that off. And as Putin has said, oil is for the money. Natural gas is for geopolitics. And what I hear when he says that is he's willing to risk millions of lives in that region uh, that will potentially freeze to death this upcoming winter in order to achieve a political outcome. That is dangerous. It's reckless. And that is why I hope our European uh, allies, such as Germany, uh, truly follow up on their words and take action consistent with those words to return and embrace the West, and we should do the exact same of them as America. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Tom, that does it for us today. Okay. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you, and talk to you soon.